uh, a week ago or so about <clears throat> the idea of influencing others for Christ. Tonight, what I want to talk about is spiritually impacting those people. So we want to reach them with the gospel. And I talked about last Wednesday about influence for Christ out of 1 Timothy 14 through 16. Tonight we're looking here at uh, Mark chapter 2. And uh, I mentioned to you about the fact that we all have a circle of influence. And all of us have people that we know, people that we come in contact with. And uh, we want to reach them with the gospel. And if you do, it takes spiritual strength. We're not able to do it apart from our Savior Christ. And uh, we need spiritual guidance to influence others for Christ. And so we need Jesus to help us uh, in those times. And I do believe God gives us that spiritual strength to accomplish that. And, uh, and if we're going to be effective uh, to influence others, we have to do it by the Spirit of God. And that influence, it takes power. So what type of power are we talking about? We're talking about that divine power. We're talking about the power from on high. We're asking God to intervene in those situations. The unction of the Spirit that I keep speaking of, uh, God tells us that we're filled with the Holy Ghost. We have an unction. We understand things. Uh, and we do not believe or should not believe that anybody that we interact with is accidental, but that God puts us in a place that we might impact them for Him. And it takes God's grace to do that. God admitted to us in his own scriptures that he is a very long-suffering God. He's a very patient God. And he's looking for us to accomplish that. And I got to thinking, as a church family, we have a responsibility to reach our community for Christ. I had mentioned a couple uh, uh, weeks ago that uh, I'd been going over to the marathon over here. And uh, so I appreciate the individual who gave the money for me to keep going to the marathon. I don't know who did it but it was for me to go get coffee at the marathon, so I'm as happy as all get out. So, And uh, I like their coffee, but I also enjoy trying to reach some folks. Now, I want you to know, in the morning when I get over there, sometimes I get over there about 6 or 6.30, uh, there's a couple of fellas just sitting around a table over there, big fellas. I'd never, I don't know them uh, by name yet, but I'm trying to get to know them, and they're in there every day. Every day they're in there. So I've been trying to give them tracks, so I've already done that far, and uh, but I'm just using that as a resource for myself as a pastor. I like those kinds of people. I enjoy being around everyday people, and I'm going to try to reach everyday people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. If it takes a cup of coffee, praise God. Amen. I met uh, Sergeant Drexler in there. I met the chief of police in there the other day. Uh, I've run into these fellows in there. And, and so every day I go, God allows me to interact with people in the community uh, right there at the marathon station. And so uh, as a church family, what we are doing in our community to act, impact others ought to be with the message of Jesus Christ. And so I believe we ought to share with them and encourage them as much as we can. And the way that's going to happen is we have to go beyond these four walls to make that happen. We can't do it from here preaching to somebody that is not here. Uh, when you're preaching to people who aren't here, guess what they can't do? They cannot what? Hear you. So we might as well preach to the folks that are here and encourage us to go out outside these four walls and to go get those folks. And so as a family, uh, we want to compel them to come into God's house. And I believe what it requires is this. I moved so far out of my comfort zone today, and God used it, and I think through it all, uh, God's going to give me an opportunity to win this individual to Christ. And so one uh, does not know or understand the gospel in our area. There are people all around us, and they know about Jesus Christ, but they do not understand salvation, folks. I got asked a question today. I had a friend who died. They were an atheist. 
Do you believe that God set aside a spot for them in heaven? And as pastor is, he absolutely looked up and he said, no. (laughs) That started the dialogue. But I don't believe that conversation happened by accident. Last week I asked you folks to pray that pastor would start having influence upon people in our community. And over the last week, I've interacted with more people in our community than I can imagine. And the thing of it is, in each case, pastor's been able to speak to them about the gospel. It's not just me going and doing. I believe it's the heart of this church and us praying together. And when I share these thoughts with you, I'm not trying to give you wasted breath. I'm trying to give you, hey, give, give some time to this. Give some prayer to this because we can reach people with the gospel. But it takes spiritual strength to accomplish that. It takes the Holy Spirit. And so I'm asking for your prayers in that arena. So we have to be willing to find ways to reach out and reach them. But it's important, you know, that we go door to door. And we're going to do that on the 2nd and the 16th. And I think that's wonderful to pass out tracts or to share the gospel as we're commanded. But I really believe every one of us sitting in this room tonight ought to see if we can't have a woman at the well experience where we interact with one individual that we are really, truly trying to reach with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ask God to give that to you. Ask God to help you to perform at that moment when he needs you and that you'll be able to do that. Now, what I believe is, is that sometimes when we go out and we're just handing out uh, material and we're handing out tracts, folks, sometimes people just believe we're trying to get folks in here so we can count our numbers or so we can uh, brag about how many are sitting in our pews or we can... Uh, just get them here for some function or what have you. And what we have to show them is that we care beyond them just being here. And, and what I mean by that is this. When we're handing out these tracks, we want them to see that we actually care about them, not just that they come to a function. We have to let them know that we want to pray for them. Is there something going on in their life that we can pray for them about? Is there something that we can encourage them in? And let them know that we're interested in them personally but also spiritually. And there's nothing wrong with both. It's great to talk to them. If they want to talk about football, great. Talk to them for uh, a while about football, but then talk about Jesus, amen? Uh, Talk to them a little bit about uh, what they're collecting or what they like or what they're doing. Uh, You know, if they like stamp collecting, I don't know. But whatever it is, talk to them about it for a while, but then use that as a tool to talk to them about Jesus Christ. When you look at Jesus at the woman at the well, Uh, They were simply talking about water. (laughs) But he took it from water to salvation, didn't he? And so it doesn't matter what the conversation starts at. It matters where it ends. And so we have to show them that we're interested in them. And I challenge us tonight to have this thought. Are you spiritually impacting others for Christ? Now, I talked about influencing them for Christ. Tonight I'm asking you, are you spiritually impacting people uh, for Jesus Christ? Now, when you're trying to reach others spiritually... It requires us to go outside these four walls, and it requires the Spirit of God in our lives. It requires the Holy Spirit working in us, and we have to have that power to speak on Christ's behalf. And so tonight, as we look at this and the situation that Jesus found himself in, uh, and he's walking along, and he's down by the seaside, and it says that there was a multitude that resorted unto him, and he taught them. And one of the things that we have to do sometimes is teach people. Today, I got a chance to teach someone something. When I told them that atheists do not go to heaven, that there's only but one way, I was able to share with them Acts chapter 4 and in verse 12. And then I began to share other passages of Scripture with them. And what it is is that we have to be 
straightforward about the gospel. We have to hold our position. We don't have to say, well, that's a possibility. No, it's not a possibility. To get to heaven, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Don't be fearful of standing on truth. And so we have to be willing to do just that. So we have to teach them. Then the other thing is, is encourage them to come. Once I got done with my conversation, I invited them to church Sunday. And so once I completed my conversation with that individual, I then said, I would like to have you come and visit with us here at Calvary Chapel. We're right around the corner from the marathon. And I invited them to come to church. So I want to bring them in. Then when they come, one of the important things is, is that we begin to now disciple them. That goes beyond teaching them something. That is now training them in the truth of God's Word. And so we want to teach them, we want to bring them, and we want to disciple them. And the one thing that I believe Jesus did, and you can look in verse 13, and look at the last part, look at that last phrase, it says, He taught them. Did He not? And so when the multitude resorted unto Him, what did He do? He taught them. And, and then what happens is, as we see this multitude, as Jesus spoke, uh, He wasn't in a local church, uh, there was an audience gathered, and they followed him down by the seaside. So if people are willing to listen, as I was speaking to this individual today, while I was talking, four more people were standing around me now. And they were now listening to what I was telling this other individual. And they were all engaged now into the conversation. And what I'm sharing with you is, is God did that. I didn't call that audience together. God called the audience together. I simply had the responsibility to share that truth today. And so most that followed had done so, and here's why. I'm certain that some of those people were standing there to hear, what's this man going to say to that woman about that? <laughs> These people stood by because they thought Jesus was going to perform some sort of a physical miracle for them and help them heal. And so they're there, and he had performed many miracles, but they were looking for him to do some sort of physical healing for them. And then he didn't turn them away. I didn't, I didn't turn anybody that was listening away. I just simply said, I want you to hear what I have to say. And so they gathered, and he began to teach the people. Now, when he taught them, it does not say only those that were in agreement with him. Sometimes we only want to talk to people that agree with us. If you only ever talk to people who agree with you, you're in trouble. <laughs> We're not gaining any ground. What you want is not to get in an argument with them, but what you want to do is share truth with them. Now, there are people that have different points of view when it comes to truth, don't they? And what we want to do is drive them toward the Scriptures. And so Jesus simply taught them. Now, we can see, as set forth in the Scriptures, that He taught them the Word of God. And His teachings were for the purpose of bringing the lost to the saving knowledge of God through the Messiah. Jesus was talking about himself, wasn't he? When he's teaching them the gospel, he's teaching them about himself. When we're teaching the gospel, as Christians, we're teaching them about what Christ did for us. And so we're to teach people how to get saved, what it means to get saved. If you go beyond that, they're not going to grasp a whole lot beyond that because you're not going to give them some deep theological meaning to the scriptures at that point in time because the carnal mind cannot understand the things of God. And we heard that on Sunday morning. Now, as you think about this, the focus would be that Christ would fix their immediate need. 
when I got asked the question this morning, the immediate need was they wanted to be fulfilled that this individual whom they cared greatly about, who was an atheist, was in where? Heaven. I want to tell you something. Anytime somebody's laying in the box here, are you with me? Anytime they're laying in the box, everybody in the room wants that person to now be where? But we know that's not true, don't we? That doesn't happen for everybody. There's one way that that occurs, and we know that it only occurs by the fact that someone trusts Jesus Christ as Savior. So I don't want to uh, uh, mislead anybody. Now, in our community, uh, there's many that are interested in Christ, but they really don't know the message of Christ. They're, they're interested in Him. They're interested in a, in, a, in a moral aspect or in a patriotic aspect or in a traditional aspect. But we want to teach them true knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that is relational, isn't it? It's not just a head knowledge. It's that they trust Jesus Christ as their Savior. So we have to be mindful of that when we go out. And listen, it's not always going to happen in a Sunday school class. Most of the time when Jim's teaching the Sunday school class, it's everybody that comes to this church already, isn't it? And so what we want to try to do is start getting people who don't go to church on a regular basis into the Sunday school class. So we do that by talking to them and engaging them in what does Jesus mean to them. It's not always going to be a Sunday morning, although those are needful, but often I believe it's just a moment in time. If you look at Christ in the Scriptures, He did speak to the multitudes at times, but the majority of the time when Jesus was really winning someone to Himself, it was one-on-one. -on -one. <laughs> and you can see it happening often in the Scriptures. And so that time that you have to engage somebody, you ought to take advantage of it. In 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 2, He said, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. And so what we're doing is, is we're teaching people so that they can in turn teach others. I stand, I preach, I, I do my very best to help you folks understand truths from the Scriptures so you can take those and apply them to your personal lives, but to utilize those as tools when you go out and speak to other people about who Jesus Christ is. Now, consider the opportunities that are given to us and, and, and try to get someone to our church. Have you really prayed about that? Lord, how can I get somebody to the, to the church? I want, I want to bring them here. Not just so that they'll be in our church and we can count the number, but Lord, I want them to get saved. I want to bring somebody to the house of God and I want them to get saved, Lord. Now, Lord, help me either reach a family or an individual or someone whom I am a co-worker with or someone in the community that I have a good rapport with. And listen, we all have a, a circle of influence. There's people around us that we can speak to, and we can speak to them about their salvation in Christ. And give us opportunity. Now, here's what I want you to do. Tomorrow, <laughs> I'm going to the marathon tomorrow. Connie is the one I got to talk to today. I don't think it was an accident. Not an accident at all. And what I believe is I asked all of you to pray that I would have influence upon people. When that occurred this morning, I could not tell you the joy that was in your pastor's heart knowing my God answered my prayer and all I did was ask you folks to pray. God opened that door. I was just simply going to get my coffee. She came over and engaged me. And she said, can I ask you a question? <laughs> and I said, sure. And that's how we got into the conversation. Tomorrow, I'm taking her the book of promises from the Bible, Miss Epperly. I'm going to hand that to her tomorrow. 
and I'm going to show her some things in there to help her because she's grieving. And what I want you to do is pray because I not only got to share that with her, I got to share with her because she said, well, when I look at my resume, think about this now, when I look at my resume, I believe I'm going. And I said, may I share something with you? And she said, sure. I said, in the Bible, in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it says, for grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works. Folks, I believe your prayers are working and God is going to give us an opportunity to win this woman to Christ. Now, when we do, I want you to know it's not me. <laughs> it is our God answering our prayer that will have influence upon this community. Do you understand that? It's not me. God is doing that. I want you to pray because I'm going to see her tomorrow, and when I give her that book, I am going to try to win her to Christ tomorrow. Her name is Connie. I want you to pray for her. And I want you to ask God to give me wisdom when I speak to her. Now, to impact others spiritually, show them a Christ who loves them and wants to help them and uh, wants to help them where they are in their life. Now, I want to tell you this. I've been praying for three and a half years for this woman to get saved. And I could not believe what God did this morning. And the only thing that changed is I brought it to you folks. And I asked you to start praying. Now, it's necessary to go out among the unsaved to encourage them to follow Christ. Look at verses 14 and 15 here. He said, and, and as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the receipt of custom and said unto him, Follow me. And he rose and followed him. <laughs> now, bring in the lost. And so our goal has to go beyond getting them into church house, but we want to encourage them not just to come to the church house, but notice that Jesus said, follow me. Our goal is not to just get them here. Our goal is to get them to follow Christ. And so our goal is, is not just a selfish goal. So encourage them to come and to hear the Lord and, and, and hear what the Lord can do for them. Ask And listen, God can help them with anything they're dealing with in their life. They don't think that they want to come to church right now because they believe, think about this for now, they believe they have to get these things fixed before they come to church. They're not going to fix them. They have to come to church <laughs> that they may fix those things in their lives. They're not going to do it apart from Him. So encourage them to come and hear what the Lord is doing and then help them with their lives or the lives of their families. And what it'll do, it'll put us in a position that maybe we can sit down and eat with them. Because what happened? And it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house, he went to Matthew's house. Levi's Matthew. He went to Matthew's house, and what did he do? He sat down with him now. Jesus is sitting down with a lost man, right? Now, he was speaking to the multitudes, was he not? But we see another scene here where he's sitting down with one person. <laughs> and believe me you, it's great when we have days of Pentecost, but the majority of the time it's going to be days of one-on-one, -on -one, and then the Pentecost will come. But we have to have a desire to win those people one by one. And listen, it's not about the multitudes in that sense. God can bring the multitudes. He's looking for us to share the gospel with those individuals. And believe me, a person's social status does not mean anything. Who they are in this community means nothing to pastor. <laughs> the, listen, God wants their soul, amen? That's what he wants. 
I don't care how much or how little money they make. I don't care who they know or how long they've lived here. It's unimportant to me who they're connected to or how long they've been connected to them. It doesn't matter to me if they're related to Donald Trump or not. It makes no matter to me. The one thing that matters is the soul of that individual. God is interested in that soul. We have to be interested in the souls. We have to be interested in the souls of people. So Levi, a specific tax collector, he was despised by the Jews. Jesus sat down and ate with him. Now there might be somebody in this community that people despise. And boy, wouldn't it be wonderful to win them to Christ. (laughs) He's despised by the community, yet we might win him to Christ. That's what Jesus did with Matthew. And then there were other publicans, tax collectors sitting around, and sinners sitting around. And, uh, and the reason they referred to them this way is because they did not buy into the Pharisaic interpretations of the law. They didn't buy into it. And these Pharisees are standing by, and, and, and they're wanting to attack Christ, and, and Christ ends up sitting down with these folks, and he met with them. And he says, And it came to pass that as Jesus said at meet in his house, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they did something. What did they do? They followed him. We want to get people to follow Christ. If people follow a pastor at a pulpit, they're not following Jesus. If they're following that man, they're not following Christ. Now, I'm not saying there aren't men who stand behind the pulpit who aren't godly men. But the fact is, is if that man's following Christ, follow him, but follow the Christ he's following. And the thing of it is, is we're so busy following men that we forget to follow Christ. And we need to keep our mind upon Jesus Christ. Now, people who disagreed with Christ, he ate with them, and he did it for the purpose of teaching them. Now, this, I don't really think was the time of fellowship. I think it was a time of teaching. Amen? And there are people that you can come and you can sit with, but it's not really time for you to fellowship. It's time for you to teach. It's time for you to tell them about Jesus Christ. And many were unsaved, and his disciples were there, and these individuals, and it wasn't to anger these Pharisees. It was to teach the lost. Now, we're going to go out door knocking on the 2nd and the 16th. (laughs) And I'm saying, ask God to give us influence upon our community. Ask God to give us influence when we go out. Ask God to help us have influence upon families in this community so we can win souls. And many can perceive that our goal is just to get them into the building and to count a number, but I want to tell you something. We can change that viewpoint by caring about them as people and as individuals, not just looking for a number or a crowd. We have to change our thinking, and we have to decide that the reason we're doing what we're doing is not so we can count the numbers sitting in these pews, but that we're doing this for the kingdom of God and for Christ's name's sake, and we're doing it not so that we can brag about what we've done, but that we can brag on what Christ is doing. And so I want us to kind of get that mindset. So there's people in our community that need to know that we care beyond the four walls and that we're interested in them and helping them with their needs. And that primary need is Jesus. That's what they need. (laughs) And so we have to have that mindset. Now, we cannot just be someone who will come uh, to to be like an accountant or a uh, we're going to come to them and they're going to be like their, their lawyer or their attorney or their accountant. Uh, I don't want to be that for people. Uh, I don't want to be that for people. I want to be a pastor. I want to teach them what God has said. I'm not going to be like an accountant and they come and get me when they just need something 
We want them to turn to Christ Jesus, and I'm here to continue to promote him and encourage you to do the same. Let, uh, let, let us do this too. Let's be genuine in our compassion. Let us be genuine in our compassion for people. Really listen to them. There are people in our community, folks, that are actually hurting, and they need help, and they need Christ. And the thing of it is, is that I know that sometimes I hear stories from them, and it's just what I'm going through, but I've got the opportunity to go through it with Christ Jesus, and they're not walking with Him. And I have strength they do not possess because I have the Holy Spirit in me, and they do not. And they need Christ to help them through these times. And we need to be the strong ones. And we need to be the ones that are filled with the Spirit of God, allowing the Spirit of God to encourage us to be able to encourage others. Let's be genuine in our compassion. Uh, A place to come where people can get real answers to life's difficulties. When I open the Scriptures, the Bible helps me with my difficulties. The Bible shows me how to deal with people. The Bible shows me how to have a good marriage and how to raise my children and how to uh, overcome anxieties and how to get through difficult times. And the Bible teaches us those things. It tells me how to handle money and it, and it teaches me what to do with my funds and, and it tells me how to live and how to treat other people. It tells me how to get over jealousy and how to get over anger and it tells me all these things. And listen, People are going through all this stuff all the time, all week long, day in and day out, and man tries to give them answers that only God can provide. God is the only one that can really provide the answers for these people in our community. This type of compassion can only be demonstrated, and I believe by interacting with others, even when they or we don't believe the same things, we can still reach them with the gospel. And what we have to do is know our position, know where we stand. I'm not there to argue with them. I'm there to simply tell them what the Bible says. I did it today. I simply told her what the Bible said. Her resume is not going to take her to heaven. Jesus is. And we need to feel comfortable about doing that. We need to be able to tell people those things. In Jude 22 and 23, we have a responsibility, and it says of some have compassion making a difference. If we're going to make a difference in the community, let's not be harsh toward the community. Let's have some compassion on the people. And you say, why should we have compassion? Because I believe our Christ had compassion. And it wasn't about what their social status was. I believe he had just as much compassion on those Pharisees as he did on that uh, publican and those sinners And I believe that the Pharisees chose what direction they're going in, but Jesus still had compassion on them. He was trying to make a difference. And it says, and others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. It's not for the purpose of us changing. I'm not saying we need to go out. I'm not saying our church needs to change, because we do not. We need to remain who we are. What we need to do is stand our ground and then begin to tell truth. The difficulty that people are facing today is that people lie so much and there's so many false statements made out there. Let us be truth tellers, amen? Let us be people that are standing on the truth. Let us tell them what the Bible says. Let us not veer off and say, well, I know that religion says that and that might be true, but I don't know. No, we know what truth is, amen? 
And let's just stick to the truth. And let's be able to tell them the truth. And, and don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's share it with them and help them understand it. It's not for the purpose of us changing or for the purpose of us just increasing our numbers. Although I would love to see more folks in the, in the church services, but what I would love to see more is true disciples of Jesus Christ. That's what I would like to see. I don't want to just count that we had 100 on Sunday morning or that we had 200 on Sunday morning. What I would like to say is we have people who have become members of this body of believers and they are being discipled through the name of Jesus Christ. That would be far better than just having a number to count. Now, I share with you this. It's for the purpose of really reaching them and having compassion and teaching them who Christ is. So we have to be mindful of that purpose. What is the purpose? To win the lost. Now, what does the Bible say? He said in verse uh, 16, And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with the publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? Now, I want to tell you this. There might be some folks in our community how could you possibly go over there to that church? How could you possibly do that? We are, and they'll give you what they are. They are this. We are this, right? We're going to get it when we start doing this, I promise you. And the thing is, is that we have to be able to stand our ground. We have to be able to stand on truth. Be mindful of our purpose, and it's to win the lost. And therefore... We have to approach our community for Christ's sake and to win the lost for the kingdom of heaven, not so we can say, guess what we did? Guess what he did? Amen? Guess what God's doing? And God's using us to accomplish that goal. And it's not about us. It's about him. It's about what he wants to accomplish. Let me give you this last thought, and I'll finish with this. It's necessary to help the unsaved understand Christ's purpose. When you look at verses 16 and 17, these Pharisees were kind of a little bit upset for what he was doing. And Jesus said this, When Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, They that are whole have no need of a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now, Miss Carrie, you work in a hospital, right? How many people come out there and say, You know what? <clears throat> I came out here. I feel great. I want you to go ahead and take a pint of blood out of me, but I feel wonderful. I'd really like you to do that tonight. Now, I feel really good, but I'm just going to go over here to the hospital because I don't know, something could happen to me, right? Something could be wrong, so I'm just going to go to the hospital. And you say, you have no need of a physician. Why are you here? And the thing of it is, is that it's the sick and the ill that need to go to the hospital, isn't it? It's the people with the problems. Well, let me tell you this. There's not a single solitary human being out there that doesn't need this hospital. Amen? We all need it, don't we? And there's always something going on. And we all need to be here. And we all need to seek him out because he is the healing physician. You say, well, what's the problem? Well, it might be a physical problem, amen? Miss Becky just went through some physical problems, amen? And she needs Christ to help her in those physical problems. Well, we, we've got others that are having uh, financial struggles in our church, and they need Christ to help them through their financial struggles. We've got others that are, are, are maybe dealing with uh, marital situations, and they need help. They need God's help, don't they? They're not going to fix that stuff on their own. Maybe there's people that are dealing with loneliness, and they need God. And, and there are singles who uh, want to be married, and those that are married that want to be single, 
That would be bad, wouldn't it? <laughs> and the thing is, is that we have those situations in, inside this church. And we know Christ has the answers, doesn't he? And the most needful thing is they need Christ. He said, but they that are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now, the lost and believers may reject this approach, but we go with the purpose, not for us to change, but to reach the sin-sick world. And believe me, folks, the world is full of sin, and it is sick, and it needs help. Now, many that sit in the house of God, maybe you've been spiritually healed. It's a wonderful feeling when God helps us, isn't it? Now, I don't know about you, but I've been helped by God a lot, even in this past year, things God did for me that only God could have done. There's no way uh, I gave it to anybody. I gave it to God, and God fixed it. Now, I know He answered my prayer, and I believe God answers prayer. And I believe when we pray, we're praying to a holy, righteous God, and God is the one who can answer those prayers. And so when I come to Him, I have to pray believing that He is, and He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. So maybe you're here and you're spiritually healed. Maybe you are saved and, and you have a relationship with the Lord and, and, and you have that fulfilling Christian life. Well, God wants something from you. He wants you to reach others and tell them the joy that you have they also can possess, amen, regardless of what they're going through. Perhaps you're not sin sick, but many are, right? <laughs> we all have sin in our lives and we need Christ's help. He's the great physician. And, and, and we must go out among them, not to become them, but to reach out and to reach them uh, where they sit at this point in their life. In Luke 14, and 23, and the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. I want you to look around the room tonight, folks. Is there room? Is there room? You've got plenty of room, don't we? Now, I want to read the verse to you again. I want you to get a hold of this. He said, and the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. Now, we love that for the bus ministry, but God's talking about his house. Amen? Where the people congregate, where they come together, where, where we're meeting, God said, Go into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. By the way, wealth is a highway and a hedge. Do you understand that? Alcohol is a highway and a hedge. Do you understand that? Uh, people who are consumed with self, that's a highway and a hedge. There are things that are out there all over the place, aren't they? And people are all over the map. <laughs> and, and they all have different issues and different problems and different situations. And the thing of it is, is God said, go into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. Because the problems are multiplied out there when you go out there. And it's crazy in this world. And, and whatever you could possibly think of, it's going on out there. And God's desiring for us to go out there and compel them to come in where? Here, to be a part of what we're doing. There's certainly room. And it's not just a bus ministry message. It's a compelling message to come to the house of the Lord. So it's clear Jesus Christ is the great physician, and certainly he can heal the physical body, but he is the healer of the sin-sick soul. And what causes 90% of a human being's problem is sin. It's sin. And almost everything we can trace it back to, some sin. And the problems that we possess... The problems that we have 
we can trace it back to sin. Now, I share that with you because I said to you a couple of weeks ago, and I've been using this in the message, we're trying to move people from being habitual sinners to living a holy life. (laughs) That's what Jesus was doing, wasn't he? He was talking to the Pharisees as well, right? Oh, if you're perfectly fine, what do you need me for? (laughs) But they do need him, don't they? Because what was the problem that the Pharisees had in their life? It's called the sickness of pride, isn't it? There's a lot of pride in their life. And believe me you, there's a lot of pride in this community. Pride is going to take people to hell. Pride is not what they need. They need Jesus Christ. We need to reach them with the gospel. So there are those that are going to mock. They're going to mock the house of God. But the desire of God is for us to reach them with the message of Christ. So the Pharisees were more concerned about what others thought about them. Have you run into people out here in the community who think more about what others will think about them? I was sharing with Chris the other day in our prayer meeting, didn't I tell you? Had a young man, his, most, his biggest concern about coming to our church is about a position that he may hold in the future here, right here in Minster. He's more concerned about his position than he is about his soul. And he said, I go to this other church because if I go to your church, it's highly likely I'm not going to get this position. That is insane, folks. And the fact is, is that they're getting more and more involved with a cult, if you will, because that's what cults do. And all we're saying is, we're offering you a free message at no cost to you, and the Christ that we serve is just saying, come to me and I'll take you as you are, right? But he wants to change people. He wants to change their lives. That's what Christ's message is all about. Now, there are those that will mock the house of God, but we have to take the message out there. The Pharisees were more concerned about what others thought about them. So here's the thing. For you and me, let's be more interested in what God thinks about us. Would you do that? Throughout the week, won't you think more about what God thinks about you and not so much about what others think about you? Do you know the image that others will have of you if you are more concerned about what Christ thinks about you? God can change anything. He can even cause your enemies to become your friends. <laughs> and the Bible teaches us that. And so the Pharisees mocked by their arrogant questions and, and Jesus like quickly came at them. He, they said, how is it that he is and drank as with publicans and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, they that are whole need no, uh, ha- have no need of a physician, but they that are sick, so you must be doing well. You don't need anything. And what you need is, you need Christ. He said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And so the sinner needs to hear that clear message of the gospel. And listen, we all have a circle of influence. And I want you to remember this when we go out into the community. And folks, I don't care when you got saved, okay? The Bible makes this statement. He said, and such were some of you. All of us have fallen into some category at one time, haven't we? All of us have fallen into some category at some time. And he said, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Jesus said, I came not to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, 11, Know ye not that the righteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? They're not going to do it. And so he said, Be not deceived. And he goes and gives us this huge list of things. Now, maybe you fell into one of these categories at one point in your life. You say, well, I'm no longer there. Uh, And that's the way the world is, preacher. I know, but such were some of us, right? 
So what are those things? Well, he said, well, fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, abusers of themselves with mankind, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners. He said, man, they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. And the next thing Paul said was, and such were some of you. You know, some of us may fall into a category before salvation, amen? And we only have the righteousness of Christ covering us. Because he said, but you're washed, didn't he? You're washed. Thank God you got washed one day. And he said, but you're washed. And he said, you're sanctified. Uh, you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Something happened in your life, and God changed your position. Now, here's the thing. Let us not just be seen as a people that just want to get numbers in our church. Let God really see your heart. Is it important that we just have numbers or is it more important that we have disciples? I want you to start asking yourselves that question because we need to win people to Christ. I'm not talking about numbers. We certainly have the room, amen? I'm talking about winning people to Jesus Christ for the kingdom of God and not for our name's sake, but for the sake of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So our challenge, how does our church family reach the community? One of the things I think we do is we're going to go out on the 2nd and the 16th. I think you all ought to continue to pray. I'm going to go back over there tomorrow. Pray this woman gets saved. Her name is Connie. She's at the marathon. I'm going to take her to the Book of Promises tomorrow. I'm asking you, pray for her personally that I might lead her to Christ. I've asked you to pray for Todd Wygant. God's given me interaction with him multiple times in the last month now. And I'm sharing with you that you say, well, you know, we have this opinion or that opinion about certain people in our community. Drop it. Let it go. And start praying for their soul. You have no idea what God can do with a man when he gets saved. Remember little Zacchaeus in the tree? What happened to him? <laughs> he said, I must abide in thy house this day. He said, I'm going to come and dwell with you now, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus returned back to people that he had taken from him. And he gave back to them fourfold what he had taken from them. And you begin to think about what God has the capability of doing in someone else's life. And we can pray that God give us that kind of influence, that he give your pastor that influence, that you pray for the power of God to come from this pulpit, that we're praying for the unction of the Holy Spirit to work, that we ourselves are doing our part and that we're inviting people in, we're bringing them in, we're teaching them, and then we're discipling them. They that are in need of physician, they need Christ, amen? That's his name. <laughs> That's the physician that they need. And whether it be pride or traditionalism or patriotism or whether it just be a monetary gain or alcohol or drugs, pornography, whatever it is in their life. God is a forgiving God, amen? And he will see fit to save those souls. The challenge that we have, are we willing to pray for those souls? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Lord, help us to show compassion on this.